Matt Report episode 43 with Eric Ham, creator of Catalyst Framework and founder of Cobalt Apps. So, you know, I, I went to I went to bed uh, this morning at 5.30 and then my uh, toddlers woke up at 6.15. So I've got, I've been, I'm running off of 45 <laughs> minutes of sleep and I took Sweet. a two and a half mile run this morning. I'm, I'm rocking some uh, serious exhaustion, but uh, awesome. I'll, it's going to make for a better interview. Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't geek speak. It's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready. You're just an episode away from your next aha experience or big idea. And now your host, Matt. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast on the web. If you're looking to build and succeed in your WordPress business, this is the right place for you. Uh, episode 43. If you haven't heard of me or heard this episode, where the heck have you been? Thousands of people come from around the world to listen uh, to my guests and their journey about running their WordPress business, hoping that they can learn a little bit from them and, hey, how some people built million-dollar WordPress businesses and how some people are making a few hundred bucks a month in extra cash. So uh, stick around. Definitely check out mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. Uh, be sure to, to grab these emails uh, when I send out new episodes. So look, something a little bit different this week. My MacBook fried and it's getting repaired and potentially I have lost the last five Matt reports that I didn't get a chance to back up. Shame on me. We're going to fix that moving forward. Uh, so this is audio only, first time ever. Let me know what you think of the format. Do you like audio only? Do you prefer it? Do you ever go to YouTube and check out the videos? Do you watch me on mattreport.com? And how important is it to you to see our beautiful faces talking to you about WordPress? Um, today's guest, Eric Ham of Catalyst Framework. Awesome, awesome guest. Definitely an awesome story to tell. Uh, you're going to enjoy this. Loads of things to learn. I hope you brought a pen and paper with you. So without further ado, here we go. All right, everybody, welcome to the program. Uh, I am joined by Eric Ham, uh, co-founder, or excuse me, founder of uh, Catalyst Themes and uh, Cobalt Apps. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You've just done a complete 180 on the business uh, last night. Yeah, there <laughs> so, you go. So uh, as you were saying earlier, you have been on about zero sleep um, and uh, launching uh, a whole new venture, if you will, uh, with Cobalt Apps um, and the Catalyst theme. Before we dive into that, who are you? What What do you do? Give people the two-minute elevator pitch of uh, Eric Ham. Sure. Uh, yeah, basically, um, I... Uh, uh, I started uh, working in you know WordPress back in 2008. I kind of got into blogging and stuff like that, uh, and then I quickly realized that that wasn't gonna make me any money, at least what, the way I was doing it. So I uh, uh, moved on to WordPress web uh, web design, and uh, that actually took off quickly. But I quickly realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't really like that kind of work, and uh, and then in the process, I developed a. Uh, uh, WordPress theme for myself, just for my work, so I didn't have to sift through a big folder of a bunch of themes. Uh, and I called it Frugal, and uh, people really liked it and they wanted it, so I started giving it away. And people suggested I start selling it, and I did that, and that took off. And um, so I, you know, had the Frugal Premium WordPress theme for a couple years, and that was my main business. And then uh, that basically morphed into the Catalyst framework, and uh, and then what we did last night. So that was kind of the skinny. That's awesome. Um, now, this is a great story because I think a lot of the folks who are listening to this are, are in that same seat where they're thinking, uh, you know, I am diving into WordPress. I'm blogging. I'm trying to build a digital product, that kind of thing. What kind of PHP, HTML, CSS design background did you have before you said, you know what, this whole blog marketing thing is not ramping up fast enough. I'm going to develop a theme. Yeah, absolutely none, actually. Um uh, you know, it's funny because uh, before that, I you know had a, a computer, an on-site computer service business for about six years, uh, and uh, I always kind of wanted to be a geek. I was kind of like a uh, a wannabe uh, geek. You know, I, I'd try to learn like you know C plus plus and stuff. Of course, I had no use for it. You know, I wouldn't do anything with it, so it was kind of pointless. So I never really got into coding until uh, I had I actually had a purpose behind it, an actual dollar signs that could you know motivate me. And uh, and uh, I think what's so great about WordPress is that 
that uh, it makes even things like coding actually quite accessible to the non-coder. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even our, um, uh, like I've got uh, the Catalyst theme and of course our new products and stuff have, uh, we've got a CSS builder and a PHP builder tool that actually writes code for you based on options that you set up. Uh, and uh, what's cool is that people have told me that they've actually used those tools to learn coding uh, and, and, and they've basically become pretty proficient in coding and everything. And, uh, and then, yeah, after that, I've you know, seen people actually start developing their own plugins and, uh, and selling them and everything like that. And these are totally people that were just total just bloggers, you know, and kind of turned coders. So, yeah. What was that aha moment when you, back in 2008, when you said, you, you know, this internet marketing or blogging thing isn't working? What was it that you said, you know what, this theme, it's time to build a theme? Or what was that aha moment that made that click? Well, the, the negative aha moment was like the 50 cents that I earned from Google AdWords or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, no, it was, uh, I guess, um, well, one of the things that that was was really good was I connected with uh, some uh, some people who were kind of uh, up there in the in the blogosphere uh, and uh, really had good reach, and I was helping them with some stuff uh, just with you know basic WordPress things, and uh, and they ended up kind of being helpful to me, kind of saying you know hey if you do you know web design, I'd be happy to you know put an ad up on my site or whatever. And, uh, and they, you know, once they did that, all of a sudden I had like more business than I knew what to do with. And it was, that was kind of the aha moment that said, Hey, I can actually make a living, a full-time living with WordPress. But it really wasn't until I had that aha moment with, uh, with, you know, the, the theme development that actually said, you know, I realized I can actually make a living and enjoy it, uh, in WordPress. Cause I really did not enjoy the web design, uh, myself. I didn't like the, uh, you know, the kind of work where, you know, the service work where it's like, if you're not working, you're not making money. Whereas with the, uh, you know, development of products and sales, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're working and, and making money, but they're not directly connected. So you have a lot more freedom and stuff like that. It's, it's funny that you bring that up, that you didn't enjoy it. And when I talk to a lot of folks who are just starting their either just business or WordPress business, I always say, you know, don't, especially in the WordPress field, if you're not a designer, don't say you're a designer. If you're not a developer, don't say you're a developer. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, I don't mean like, you know, you stop being a poser or something like that. But I mean, it's so much better if you just said, hey, I'm a WordPress consultant and I use these tools to help you, uh, you know, get more sales or get more leads, that kind of thing. Um, if you say you're not a designer, then use some really good themes that are already designed for you. But admit to it. Don't say that you're a designer and then wake up one day and say, man, I really suck at using Photoshop. This is very, you know, this is driving me nuts. You shouldn't have said you were a designer in the first place. It would have been so much better for you and your client. Right. Um, One of the other questions I always ask as well is, what do you do with a $500 client? And back in your service days, is is that something that was kind of dragging you down where... You know, you were designing sites, and you just weren't getting paid enough for it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, I, I would, uh, I'd have situations where uh, you know I was certainly undercharging, uh, and then of course when you undercharge, the expectations actually go higher. Exactly. Uh, and so then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd find there to be situa- situations where people would be nitpicking after I'd put way more work into something than I uh, originally, you know, said I would, and uh, and then they would even sometimes pull out and be like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not interested with this anymore, and all of a sudden I'd, you know, basically be, uh, you know, sitting there with with no with no paycheck and all that, you know, effort, and I realized absolutely I was kind of uh, uh, scraping for pennies, uh, and it just, yeah, it was quite frustrating. Yeah, I, I believe it, and and that's the that's the. Uh that's the the thing that we hear most is it, the less you charge, the more they want. Right. Um, when you started, uh, you know, reaching out to these other bloggers that were, you know, more known in the blogosphere, um, were they giving you any kind of advice to say, hey, you should really kind of get out of the client services into digital products? Because I know that was really hot back in 2008, 2009, even into 2010, like right. white papers and digital books. I mean, did you kind of get that feeling from them or did you know like, hey, I, I need to get into a digital product? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I definitely had my, you know, little time period where I was, you know, starting to do ebooks and stuff like that. Uh, I think I think for me, uh, um, what kind of clicked for me was w- once I realized uh, that the people that were making money uh, in WordPress were the ones who were able to elevate themselves kind of above the masses. Uh, it doesn't even have to be, you know, because they're like an absolute expert in a certain area, but just something uh, that makes them unique. 
I, I realized with the you know the ebook thing, I was basically uh, kind of a part of the herd at that point, and and it wasn't even close to giving me any kind of a potential future. So uh, I, I guess um, I didn't really get you know any specific advice from any of those kind of big time bloggers uh, beyond them just. Uh, basically just being helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And I guess that was one of the pieces of advice that I was thinking about is uh, I think one of the uh, biggest things you can do when you're kind of trying to connect uh, with with others in the WordPress community and kind of, uh, you know, connect with the right people and everything is just be as helpful as you possibly can to as many people as you possibly can as much as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And like selflessly, like expecting nothing in return uh, because people, the right people will notice that uh, and they'll recognize uh, that you're not just in it for your own, you know, just trying to kind of get people to do stuff for you. And uh, that's kind of what helped me early on uh, was really helping a lot of people and uh, just happened to help the right person. And uh, they uh, kind of uh, turned around and helped me big time. And that uh, kind of helped me transition from kind of, you know, making pennies with blogging to, you know, actually making a full-time living. Do you have an example of that? Because that's actually something that's been on my mind lately with a lot of folks coming to the Matt Report saying, how do you even, what's my first step of getting involved in this awesome community that I hear so much about? Yeah, well, you know, I always, I always, you know, hesitate to get specific with names. Sure. Uh, uh, but, uh, but the, but uh, I honestly, the the person who helped me specifically uh, get from point A to point B uh, was actually Leo uh, Babota. Uh, okay, Babota. Yeah. I always have trouble saying that. Babota of of Zen Habits. Um, uh, super nice guy. Um, and uh, just, I had, a, I had a blog. I still have a blog. I haven't touched it in forever. But uh, motivatethyself.com was a, a blog I had started for just, you know, basic motivational posts or whatever. Uh, and, um, and uh, we had kind of connected. I was, I was, as far as the helping part, I was just, uh, you know, I was just trying to help some of his uh, community members, some of the people in his, uh, uh, you know, posting comments on his blog and stuff. I was helping them with some just basic WordPress stuff. And uh, and I guess uh, because I had a you know similar uh, topic in my blog, um, he used it as an opportunity to kind of help me out. And uh, what he basically did was uh, he at that time he went because he's constantly simplifying, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know. At, at the time, he actually, you know, had a decent amount of banner ads and and things like that on his site. And it was the first time that he decided to go ahead and go to a single banner ad on his site and then charge a specific amount for it. And um and so he said, "Hey, do you want to be the first person to do that?" And uh and he actually he, he even helped me out with uh, the initial uh, payment of it. Uh, I mean, he's just re really nice, really helpful. Um, you know, helpful guy. And uh, so I put that up and uh, for my it was actually at the time it was this uh, web design business I called it Frugal Site Design because. You know, I use my frugal theme for it. And uh, anyway, I mean, my goodness, uh, instantly I had tons of business I didn't know what to do with. Uh, and, and that literally I went from uh, doing my on-site computer service business that I was kind of trying to phase out and really making no other money to making like totally full-time income doing this. And within a month, I was completely a full-time WordPress web designer. Uh, so that was definitely the, 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 the part that kind of got me, you know, from, I guess, point A to point B. Um, but then, like I said, it transitioned from uh, basically that ad turned from the frugal site design ad to a frugal theme uh, ad when I shifted to uh, theme development. So, uh, I, I want to get into the theme stuff, especially because I'm sure people are chomping at the bit to get to that. But one quick question. Did you have any branding issues by calling yourself uh, having the, the term frugal uh, with your web services? Oh. Of course, of oh, course. It was a yep, terrible a story about that. Terrible name, man. Terrible name. I think part of it was that the uh, domain name existed, and I was so happy. I was like, "I'll, I'll take it." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think the the it was it was interesting. It was actually a mixed bag because um. Uh. On the one hand, uh, it was certainly people had this expectation of cheap or less money or whatever. So that wasn't a good thing. Uh, but actually, I think the, that was the one unique situation where, where it wasn't such a bad thing because on Zen Habits, frugal is a good thing. Uh, and uh, he, uh, even Leo, for a time, ran the frugal theme on Zen Habits, partly just because he liked the little frugal, uh, you know, the Powered by Frugal uh, link in the footer because that just really kind of embodied, you know, a lot of what he was about. Uh, so, like I said, very unique situation, but yeah, generally it would have been a bad name. <laughs> awesome. Um, so at what point do you say, what, at what point did Frugal Theme realize that it needed to scale up, uh, you know, over the, over, after you switched from the client services to uh, the theme? 
Yeah, basically, um, uh, I guess it was once uh, I was giving away the free version uh, and uh, I was doing um, this little sign-up form and I was getting tons and tons of people downloading it and uh, but not really getting much out of it and that was fine but then somebody, you know, people started ask, requesting features and then finally somebody just straight up said, hey, just put, you know, put a bunch of cool features in it and then sell it and make a, make a living off this, man. What are you doing? Why are you giving this away? And, uh, and, and, you know, again, it was one of those situations where I just went ahead and, you know, spent a little bit of time, developed a premium version, started selling it. And, uh, you know, I, again, it was really, it was having that, uh, instant huge community of Zen habits, uh, that, you know, was able to kind of filter in through that one banner ad. Uh, it was, I think that was, you know, that's honestly, that's one of the biggest hurdles that I think most people are going to run into with any kind of business, but especially something like uh, in WordPress, is getting from uh, that point where you're making you know pennies on you know pennies on the dollar with with you know banner ads or whatever to actually making a, a full time income. Uh, there's that that leap that you have to make where you can actually be making enough money so you can spend all your time doing it. Right. And until you do that, you're you're working you know at three a.m. because you know or whatever. Um, and and like I said, I think I had kind of a unique situation where I had that kind of connection that gave me that instant access to a lot of uh, a lot of people that were really interested in in the products and stuff like that. So, and your your other unique situation is um, you're not inherently a WordPress developer or designer. How were you managing that? Were you outsourcing? Were you did you have somebody that you were paying on the side? How did that work? Uh, I, I honestly, I I just kind of learned on the fly. I mean that. Wow. Uh, that I think, well, and just to give you, uh, give you an idea. So, you know, um, we'll get to it, but basically, you know, I, I shifted from, uh, frugal to catalyst. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of the reasons, uh, other than the fact that we wanted to change the name, uh, was, uh, was the fact that I kind of learned on frugal and, uh, and though I, you know, it was kind of a crash course and I learned quickly. So, you know, a lot of it was pretty solid. There was enough of the foundation that was not as solid as it solid as it could have been because I kind of learned on it, uh, and so that was one of the reasons for completely going with a, a fresh start. Because once we did Catalyst, I had you know a couple years of of development experience by then, and I actually had you know a lot you know was able to create a lot uh, more solid uh, foundation for the framework. So nice. How long did Frugal live as a theme, as a premium theme? Um, I guess it was uh, you know close to two years, okay. about two years or so. Um, and then at what point did you say, okay, frugal time to become catalyst? Uh, well, I think we started actually, uh, working on, uh, catalyst and we didn't even know what it was called, but we started working on a, a refresh, uh, probably a, a little over a year after frugal, uh, was out, um, just because we kind of knew that we were going to do that. And so we spent a, probably a good nine months, uh, on catalyst before we made the announcement that we were going to, uh, you know, make the change, um, and everything. So, uh, yeah, I guess it was about two years after that, um, that we went ahead and, uh, made the announcement. So nine months of kind of what I'll say stealth development. I mean, you weren't (laughs) really telling anybody about it. Um, but were you, um, you were leveraging some of the feedback from frugal to, to develop into the new, what would, will be now known as catalyst, um, or we, or what we now know as catalyst. Uh, did you, were you just, building off of features that you said, hey, I, I think the audience wants this, or are you just building off of direct feedback from feature requests? Well, definitely a lot of feedback. Um, you know, I think uh, some of the best feedback was when we uh, got some of the options like half right mm-hmm. uh, in, in Frugal. So, you know, you you, you get the, the praises and complaints about the same feature, and you're able to put those together and say, mm-hmm. ah, with, based on the, the negatives and the positives, I can make the perfect, uh, you know, version of this particular option. Uh, we had so many features and options in there that we, get, we were able to get a lot of that feedback uh, that way. Uh, honestly, I just remembered specifically, because it was kind of fuzzy, uh, but I just remembered exactly what it was. The reason we started developing early, it wasn't necessarily that we were like, you know, nine months before we were like, we're going to phase out Catalyst and or Frugal and we're going to do this. It was we actually were starting to work on some other projects. Uh, we were working on these plugins that we were going to do uh, for like affiliate marketers and stuff like that. Uh, and 
in the process of doing those, one of them was a flop j- just because we overthought it. Uh, one of them went actually did pretty well. It was called Impact Page Builder plugin um, that we that we did, and we ended up selling it eventually. But uh, but uh, it did pretty well. But both of those taught us a whole lot about everything that Frugal wasn't and could be type thing. And then from there, uh, shortly before we we made the announcement, we basically took all the things we learned there, and then we developed Catalyst. Um, yeah. Can you can you say what one do you have one um, outstanding reason why that first plugin flopped? Because uh, a lot of folks are maybe struggling with that same thing where they're overthinking, you know, all these features and enhancements that they want to put into their product, but maybe they just don't need it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. I was just thinking about this before the uh, before we started talking um, because uh, some of the questions I was thinking about. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because the the product itself, the idea behind it, even now when I think about it, it was actually kind of ingenious the way it was set up. But it was like you said, it was like it was too it was too overthought. Um, it was it was one of those things where I I think probably the best rule of thumb is if you can't uh, explain the concept of the product to you know the average Joe uh, in maybe sixty seconds or less, then you're done with it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Uh, and and because it was one of those things where you know we'd be talking to people about it, and and it would take several conversations till they they would get it when they finally get it and they'd be like oh wow that's amazing and, and yet you could just tell in, in that look in their eye that they're like yeah and i'd never use it though because you know <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah overthought overthought uh and then you sold out the other plugin um that was really successful can you touch upon that real quick just so folks can understand like what that process is like and did you find a buyer did a buyer find you how did that pan out yeah, well, actually, I was uh, I was working with a, another developer at that point, and uh, and he had done a lot of work with that plugin, and so he, and then he eventually started his own company, and uh, when he went in that direction, I went ahead and gave him uh, the plugin as uh, you know, I don't know, not not necessarily a severance, but you know, just as a as kind of a you know a separation, uh, you know. Whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and so uh, you know, I basically gave that over to him, and then shortly thereafter, he, uh, I think he um, found uh, you know some some websites where he could uh, uh, just kind of post uh, you know WordPress products for sale, and uh, somebody connected with him and, and bought gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, re- I recently interviewed Trent Lipinski of Cyberchimps, uh, okay. the responsive yeah. theme, and um, he he talked about how he acquired. Uh, the Cyberchimps theme, which was an interesting story. Um, so it's always nice to kind of find that even within the WordPress ecosystem that we're seeing like, you know, it's almost like a Silicon Valley kind of thing. Like, hey, you got this great product. I'm going to buy you out or I'm going to acquire you or I'm right. going to acquire you. It's kind of interesting to see these little things, even though they're at a very small scale, that they're actually happening. Uh, well, and like like you, we were talking about earlier, uh, it's just, you know, recognizing that, you know, WordPress is relevant, right? You know, right. it's that uh, these these little products uh, are actually businesses, you mm-hmm. know, so for sure. So uh, along those along those lines, perfect segue. Thank you, Eric. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, you know, are you comfortable sharing what kind of numbers you were seeing with Frugal and then what that looked like to say, you know what, is that the motivator to say we need to rebrand and, and turn this into into Catalyst? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, essentially, uh, before I mention any numbers, I was going to say, um, basically, um, this is just some random uh, info, but uh, number one, uh, January through, I don't know, June uh, is by far the, the, the most sales that, that we would ever get with any theme that we have. We always find any WordPress product uh, January through June uh, and especially like uh, February, March, April, May. That's for whatever reason. That's when people like to buy. I guess summer people are on vacation, and then you have uh, people go back to school, and then uh, and then you have like Thanksgiving and Christmas. I guess all that stuff kind of distracts people. But uh, I would say you know maybe seventy percent of sales, or maybe sixty, at least sixty to seventy percent of the sales are in that first five to six months. Wow, anyway, that's, an, that's an interesting stat. Random, you know, random information. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, with with Frugal, again, uh, what I found was interesting was early on, I had a lot of help from people like Leo, um, even even um, Darren Rouse and, uh, and John Chow mm-hmm. helped me out a few times, just kind of, you know, helping me promote it and stuff. Uh, and, and that was, so I would almost call that 
unnatural, uh, you know, um, I don't know, income or, or, or traffic or whatever, and unnatural in the sense that you take it away and you're left with very little. Right. And so it's it's not like, you know, a natural progression. It was more of a, you know, uh, so so it's kind of, um, it was great and it, it helped me give that boost, um, but it also was something that if I if I didn't find my, my legs quickly, once it started to kind of get pulled away, I would just just crumble and, and, you know, it would basically show that my business was not built on my, you know, my own stuff. It was built on somebody else's help. Uh, so I was able to find my legs, uh, and, um, and kind of build a foundation. And, but what happened was when, when that assistance kind of faded, uh, sales did drop. Uh, but thankfully, you know, I had enough of foundation that I could continue. And then I just worked on building it back up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, I mean, I think uh, you. I, I was always. I've always been kind of a one-man show. Uh, sure. It's been more recently that I've you know kind of connected with a few people for support and marketing and things like that. Uh, but generally, you know, for the most part, you know, one-man developer development team and and you know things like that. And um, uh, but you know, I would say uh, with frugal, uh, you know, sales anywhere from say fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month. Um, and, uh, and then it kind of dropped a little bit and then I built it back up, uh, and then it started to fade again. And I, I guess we can get into that at some point. I was going to kind of explain some of the, uh, some of the mistakes that we made, uh, with the products and some of the things we've learned about it. Uh, but, uh, ultimately then we, we shifted to catalyst and catalyst was probably the first time that it was very clear, uh, that the product was really selling itself because it was much more solid and, uh, and, uh, people were kind of more confident in it. And, um, uh, and then, you know, I, I would say, you know, at this point, uh, you know, we're or give or take around, you know, about $25,000 a month, uh, uh, in sales or whatever. And, uh, and it, 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 it's up and down. I mean, some months are much stronger and then some months are, uh, like I said, you know, especially during the holidays and stuff, it, it can, it can go down. Uh, but you know, it, I would say every year is a slow but steady, uh, rise. And of course, you know, we're always looking for ways to go ahead and kind of hit that tipping point and actually break breakthrough uh, to get into those, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollar month type stuff. So nice. So I like to try to bring the Matt Report listeners on a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Uh, so frugal at its at its peak was hitting that fifteen to twenty k mark. You you leased your first of three Porsches at that point, and <laughs> and then take us down that path of you know you say that all of a sudden there were some things that came in where revenue dropped and um, obviously one of them is you kind of had that uh, that faucet if you will of um, the promoters online and as soon as that faucet went off maybe your revenue dipped anything right. else that kind of that impacted the revenue that folks should be aware of um I, well I, I guess I'll, you know to mention the kind of mistakes that we made what what when we um so, so when we were doing, you know, we we're doing frugal and then, uh, we were kind of saying, you know, Hey, if, if we can make this amount of money with this product, uh, and we could kind of maybe get it to kind of like put it on autopilot, then we can build, you know, other products that are, you know, similar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then they'll make the money. And we kind of thought like, you know, one plus one equals two. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, what we didn't realize, uh, was, uh, the, basically the, I would say probably the, the tip, uh, you know, that I would probably, um, suggest, uh, you mentioned to your list. Listeners is is when it comes to developing products, um, you either do one really well, or you do multiples that all have their own unique, um, you, their own unique purpose, and that they all work well together. You know, it's kind of like the whole yin and yang, like you know the the black and white. They fit perfectly together. Uh, it's the idea that, like, you know, I was going to mention. Uh, Copy Blogger Media does this beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got their framework. They've got their uh, web hosting. Mm-hmm. They've got multiple plugins that do very specific things. And when you see them together on like Copy Blogger's website on their banners and everything, uh, you you see this like uh, you know you see this kind of synergy in it. You know the uh, but you see this like you know synergy of products that all fit perfectly together and each one. Uh, serves its own purpose. We made the mistake of of basically saying, oh, "Okay, we we've we've got this one. All right, autopilot. Boom, set it on the back burner. Now we're going to do this one, and then we're going to do this one." And they didn't interconnect. They didn't serve their own unique purpose. They actually kind of uh, kind of stepped on each other's toes sometimes. And once we kind of set one on the back burner, that one would just naturally start to go down. So when we started making more money with the one, well, the other one was naturally making less money. So we were finding that we were basically developing and supporting two products and making about the same amount of money that we were when we were just focusing on one. So were these like competing themes or competing plugins? Well, it was like the, like the Impact Page Builder plugin, the gotcha. the, the one that the velocity that flopped. 
they 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 ate up a lot of our time. And then in the Impact Page Builder plugin, you could use it. You know, used it with themes, and it, so it wasn't like I mean, you there a lot of people actually used Frugal and Impact and stuff like that. But it was they weren't. It just it wasn't like a perfect marriage at all. And yeah. like I said, more than anything, it was the fact that uh, for the most part, you really can't put something on autopilot there is no such thing as autopilot it's a treadmill you're either going forward or backwards but you're definitely not staying in one position and uh and so i guess that's kind of what we found and uh and so it's one of those things where if you are going to do multiple products um the you've got to make sure that you can uh continue to nurture every single one of those products uh and and help it move forward otherwise like i said you're going to end up like we were uh doing twice the work and making you know the same amount of money or I'm, I'm so glad you you hit that point about autopilot because i think a lot of the listeners when they first heard that they were like what i can i can set this whole thing to autopilot and, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. I, can, and I can do you know tens of thousands a month in revenue uh, yeah. but I, i'd also imagine going back to the competing products that uh, just to set an example for folks like the impact page builder could work with, let's say, a Studio Press theme. So now you might be supporting, hey, I'm using impact page builder on Studio Press. Uh, why isn't it working with Studio Press? And then you have to kind of support that in, at, at, you know, at a certain level. Right. Um, so now people, it's not, it wasn't a complimentary product. Like somebody were, was buying impact for a bundled version with um, uh, Catalyst or Frugal at the time um, to kind of complement each other. They could have been used in the competing scenario. Right, exactly. And, and actually, I'll mention that, yeah, I mean, the difference between WordPress, uh, I will say there is, there still is the whole making money while you sleep thing. It's just not as easy as you think. But uh, yeah, I would say the difference between doing services uh, and doing, uh, you know, products is, you know, services, I always uh, use the analogy, services, it's like running and uh, products, it's like riding a bike. You know, when you're running, uh, if you stop running, you stop moving. Whereas when you're riding a bike, you build up momentum and you can stop pedaling and you'll keep going but eventually you'll slow down so it's the idea that what i love about products is that i can i can you know when i want to or when i you know can i can really you know uh pedal super fast build up that momentum uh but then it gives me uh that freedom to kind of maybe coast a little bit if i need to uh and not suddenly you know income is just not coming in mm. uh, so that's the kind of freedom i love with the products uh but i think the the big you know miss you know the 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 false assumption is that is that you can uh, just basically uh, build up the ma- momentum and then just stop pedaling and go party. You know, mm-hmm. obviously that's not you know. Yeah, it's actually a really I like that analogy. That's really good. Um, let's talk about Catalyst and launching that. Any lesson learned from? Well, now you're on your one, on your fourth kind of rebrand. Was there any kind of lesson learned from going from Frugal to Catalyst um, in, in terms of a brand and and carrying customers over to that brand? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say, uh, number one, you know, it was, it was key to make sure that you, uh, showed your community that you were absolutely 100% there for them, uh, to help with the transition, uh, that this wasn't something you said, you know, okay, so what we're doing now, you know you know, take it or leave it. See ya. You know, uh, we were totally supportive. Uh, if anything, it gave us the opportunity, uh, to go above and beyond, uh, with, you know, helping them out and everything. And it kind of showed them that we did care about them as, as a community and that we did appreciate them, uh, and everything like that. Uh, uh, we also made sure we had certain tools in place uh, for kind of the transition. Um, I'm actually working on something like that right now for uh, the transition from Catalyst to uh, Dynamic uh, Website Builder for Genesis. Uh, but basically, some you know simple plugins that transfer settings and and kind of help uh, convert sites and stuff like that over. Um, so it's kind of like you you got to mesh the uh, the technical stuff with the uh, uh, personal touch or whatever. Mm-hmm. How long did Dynamic uh, last? I um, mean Catalyst. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Catalyst. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we launched Catalyst in 2010, but it was December. So, uh, is it 11, 12, you know, so it's been like two and a half years, um, over two and a half years back, uh, the summer of last year, uh, I had kind of thought about this, wanted to do it. Uh, the dynamic child theme, which comes with Catalyst, uh, has lots of no coding options, et cetera. And people just really, really love that. It's kind of like one of the big parts of Catalyst that people love. Um, and so I've always wanted to kind of port that over to another framework just to see how it would work. Uh, and, of course, Genesis was always kind of like my second favorite framework. Uh, I just, uh, you know, it had to be my second. Did favorite you ever admit that during the during the years? 
Oh, yeah. No, I always admit it was my second favorite for sure. Yeah. Uh, as long as it wasn't my first. But uh, uh, yeah, so um, and so I, uh, I, you know, um, I ported it over and I basically ported all of Catalyst over, even uh, even the non-dynamic options and stuff like that. And basically took Catalyst, uh, ported it over into a child theme for Genesis and uh, called it, you know, dynamic for Genesis at, at the time or whatever. Um, and uh, and it actually went quite well. It was almost an experiment that naturally turned into a, a semi-successful product that we weren't really trying to make make successful you know mm-hmm. uh it just kind of people really liked it um and so that was that was cool and, and of course a lot of our community and catalyst were like oh you know you're gonna move over to genesis and i honestly until about a month ago never really crossed my mind i just i i you know I was like, no 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 um uh but uh but anyway, so that went well. And then uh, the Genesis Extender plugin, which is an interesting uh, kind of example of, of uh, a second product that actually does work, even though it doesn't work at all with the first product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is because it basically takes much of what much of the giant dynamic for Genesis of options and turns it into a plugin that then works with uh, Genesis child themes other than dynamic. So they, it, so in other words, you it can't work with dynamic because of course it's basically the same thing uh, in terms of uh, some of the options. Uh, but the reason it actually works as a kind of co-product is because it's a natural progression for somebody to some of the times use uh, dynamic, but other times want to use one of the pre-customized uh, child themes that Genesis puts out. And in that sense, they can kind of just pull over their you know features into the plugin and then use it for that child theme. So that was an example of a, of a, of a kind of a co-product that really worked well. So I, we came out with that a, a few months later. Uh, another thing that was really beneficial with that, and I guess is another kind of tip, is the fact that because those options and features are almost identical to the ones found in Dynamic, uh, at least um, as far as some of them, uh, it's it's not like developing two products. It's like developing one product that you just have to uh, sync with each other, you gotcha. know. Um, and so that it makes the work, you know, you're barely working anymore for the two products uh, as opposed to having two completely uh, different things. So, um, but anyway, so we, we developed those and, uh, and then um, I guess uh, about a month ago, um, there, uh, you know, Genesis 2.0 uh, has been in beta for a while, and, and I've been playing with that, and you know, updating my Genesis products for that, and um, you know, really excited about some of the HTML5 stuff that they were doing and everything. And so were some of the people in my community, because a lot of them use Genesis as well, and, and you know, as well as Catalyst. And uh, and they were asking, hey, you know, I love these new features in Genesis. When are you going to add them to Catalyst? And uh, and so I was, you know, I had been planning on kind of doing some research and and eventually pushing stuff like that in there. And as I started to, to put some of that effort into it, I realized that in the process, I was actually setting aside some of the projects with Dynamic that I was going to start focusing on. And I knew that that was the stuff that my community really wanted me to work on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, I, and so I, I started you know, working on the Catalyst stuff. And then I realized, I'm like, wait a second, I'm about to reinvent the wheel here, uh, doing something that's already been done. And, uh, and I've already got a product that's already working on that thing that's already done it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, why am I spending my time doing this? And it was, it, was, it was one of those things where it was like, it took two seconds to make sense and it took about a week and sleepless nights <laughs> to make the decision. Um, uh, but it was one of those things where um, once, I, uh, once it hit me, I, I realized, you know, I've got to make this move because I'm going to be able to do so much more with the parts of my products that people love uh, and let the the Genesis developers focus on the the core foundation, and it was just kind of the it was just kind of a common sense, it just made total sense. And what yeah. were the things that were that you were like, hey, why am I? Re- are there a, f- a few set of features that you were like, why why should I reinvent this? Genesis already has this. Well, like schema.org, uh, gotcha. they've got they've got you know the implementation into you know into the uh, markup, the HTML markup, and everything like that. I know uh, Matt cuts. Uh, you know, once um, once Genesis 2.0 has started doing some more stuff with that, you know, that that um, kind of more advanced SEO and HTML5 Matt cuts um, of of Google um, changed over his blog to Genesis, and uh, you know, just more people were giving that kind of stuff attention. And uh, so, like I said, you know, anytime those things, like with responsive design, when that came out a couple years ago, you know, or started becoming big, I guess not come out, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once stuff starts becoming big, you know, you, you you get it, you give it attention, and then you start saying, okay, well, how can I implement this into my uh, my own products? Because people are gonna, you know, really want that. Uh, and so I started looking into that with Catalyst and, and all, you know, some of the stuff that they were doing uh, with Genesis. Uh, so yeah, but I, so that specifically was was one of the things that I was basically thinking here. I, I, to be honest, and just to, to mention this too, I personally, I that to me the framework part, the 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 you know the framing of the the markup and all that stuff. To me, that's like uh, 
that's like you know I don't know sweeping the floors and you know uh, cleaning out the <laughs> toilets or something like. That. I, to me, that because, is the the because, grind work. Right, I'm more, right, I like exactly. to do. I like to do the the UI stuff. I like to do the. I like to make uh, you know useful tools that are you know that build code for people. I like to to do things like you know make it so uh, people can add content to any place on their website. I like that that kind of like more creative type stuff. And I, I hate to say more creative as if it's less creative to do the framework, but you get what I'm saying. Like right. I, there's a certain type of 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 product development that I'm doing with that versus the other. And again, it was kind of like, hey, I can. I can not only spend less time, you know, on this stuff, but I actually I can actually spend all my time on the parts that I really enjoy most, and honestly, the parts that I'm best at, and I think the parts that people appreciate the most. Yeah, and that that's almost like that age-old question that lives within WordPress. Like, some hardcore developer might be using WordPress for the first time, and they're like, "Well, I'm going to build myself. I'm going to build a contact form. Right. You know, I'm going to build a contact form because I know how to do it, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they're like. You know, three months later, they're like, oh, there's this thing called Gravity Forms or Ninja Forms or Contact right. Form 7. Like, that would have saved me forever. And why yep. am I doing this? Yeah. Um, besides that kind of that kind of feeling uh, to, to move strictly to um, to Genesis and StudioPress, were there any kind of, you know, did you look at any kind of business numbers, financials? Like, did you kind of weigh the weigh these balances before you made that move? Yeah, I mean, I certainly did. It wasn't really the defining point for me. Um, I mean, I guess the 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 thoughts I had in my head to break it down were uh, number one, I knew um, that I was going to be dropping a product that made you know the mo you know the highest percentage of of sales or you know revenue for my company uh, instantly. I was going to drop that, and so I knew that I was going to have to make up for it quickly with these lesser priced products and everything. Uh, and and products that you know didn't have quite the, the amount of sales and everything uh, and and yet I was pretty confident that that was going to be uh, that that was going to work out and and the reason being uh, not only does uh, you know uh, I mean basically we're talking numbers so so Catalyst you know has a community of six thousand right mm -hmm. uh, you know Genesis has a community of about ninety thousand uh, so you know you do the math there and you know obviously they have all their child themes and stuff like that so I'm I'm kind of a, a smaller fish in a bigger pond uh, but it's a much bigger pond and uh, and so I I think uh, uh, that that will no no doubt be helpful. The other thing, though, and this was the big the big one, um, the uh, I because I had a competing framework and yet I did have products for Genesis. Uh, I was never really able to fully connect with that kind of inner circle, uh, you know, with StudioPress um, because they kind of couldn't. You know, it was you know, and I, you know, Brian Gardner mentioned it. It was kind of like uh, you know, Coca Cola calling Pepsi and saying, "Hey, can you help me with something?" You know, it's like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, but the second, uh, but the second I kind of you know was 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 both feet in, uh, it was instantly you know. I was able to, you know, kind of enjoy the benefits of, of being a part of that community and yet still being a third party, which I, I like. I like the independence of, of having my own company and, and kind of being an outsider, but one that's fully invested in, you know, in the product, you know, the framework and everything. What kind of feedback are you receiving from folks who are going to be uh, put on the retired track, uh, from, <laughs> <laughs> if you will? Well, yeah. Okay. So, so are we talking about feedback for the change or feedback for the new product? Feedback for the change. The change. Okay. Well, that's been a mixed bag. Um, yep. Yeah. That's uh, that's been fun. And actually, right now, as we speak, uh, I'm sure um, uh, there's a combination of praise and slander going on right now <laughs> um, uh, because it's it's been crazy. Uh, I I definitely feel a little beaten up and uh, and everything. But but uh, but for the most part, uh, it was totally you know a lot of that was expected. For the most part, though, it's actually been. Uh, really positive, and uh, you know, it's just great to see those kind of core community members come out. And I mean, I've had people just straight up say, like, you know, uh, everything says, you know, why are you doing this? Uh, but be, but but I totally trust you, and so I'm totally on board. You know, mm -hmm. it's just kind of yeah. like that kind of stuff that's really cool. And uh, and um, you know, some of these people are even, you know, made say, you know, comments like, hey, you know, I was. I was really shaken up when you transitioned from frugal to catalyst, and then you know, within you know, within a month, I was praising catalyst and realized what you know what a good move that was, mm -hmm. and uh, so they're like, I trust you or whatever. So, so that's the kind of thing. I mean, I, obviously, building trust with your community, uh, which of course involves uh, following through with things that you say you're going to do, and uh, and 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 being honest, and you know, living. You know, when you screw up, you 
say, hey, I screwed up and stuff like that. That's definitely critical because when uh, they'll be there for you when you're doing what you want, when they want you to do. Uh, but the second you stop, uh, if they're not really, you know, on board, uh, yeah, they're just gonna <laughs> they're gonna take off. So uh, I also like to dive into, and we can touch upon it real quick. Um, the the mental health uh, of an entrepreneur, <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> and the you know, and it's great when people are you know looking at either financials or numbers, community size, downloads, sales, that kind of thing. But you're making a pretty good pivot. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're starting over again? Do you feel like it's that ramen noodles kind of day all over again, where it's like, okay, I'm I'm pivoting my company in a whole other direction. Are you excited for this, um, or are you just feeling certain like, hey, this is this is a way to go? Yeah. Um, I, for the most part, I feel really confident. Um, I definitely don't feel like the ramen noodles, uh, type, uh, scenario. Um, I, I think, um, there's a, there's a, let's say the bike analogy. I feel like, um, I build up an, enough momentum, uh, mm -hmm. that I feel confident that I'll, you know, cruise through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, even if there is a little bit of a slowdown. Um, but you know, uh, it's been pretty cool. I, I think one of the key things that, you know, I couldn't have foreseen, but it, the way it worked out was great, uh, was because I had put out those Genesis products, you know, almost a year ago, I was able to get some Genesis people on board really quickly, uh, and some, you know, some people that, you know, are, are kind of, you know, in the community and everything. And so, um, I, you know, I really instantly had, uh, a really warm welcome from people that have been already using my Genesis products for, for almost a year now. And, uh, and that really helps, uh, kind of, you know, the, the transition go smoothly. And, and then, like I said, my community in general, for, uh, for the most part are really, uh, you know, still totally on board and just kind of, uh, being really supportive and everything. So, uh, I think for the most part, um, I'm, you know, excited and I think it'll, uh, I think it'll be, be just fine. Awesome. I mean, it's been a tremendous, tremendous story. Um, some, some, tremendous takeaways for folks who are listening to this too. Um, so, you know, props to you and it's, it's awesome to see, uh, you, you know, as a WordPress entrepreneur and, and just the, the crazy things that you've, uh, that you've endured and, and, and that you've gone through and, uh, definitely, um, you know, uh, a mixed bag of emotions and, uh, but on the other end of the rainbow, it's been, uh, been successful. So congratulations on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, we're going to jump into one of the other uh, last few segments of the interviews. It's called What's in Your Toolbox? What piece of software besides WordPress uh, do you use on a daily basis? Some kind of app that maybe others don't know about that you need to run your business? Yeah, Forklift, man. It's called Forklift 2, actually, I think is technically what it is. It's a, it's a app uh, app for um, uh, a Mac app. Uh, and it basically is what I use instead of Finder. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's basically uh, when I transitioned over from Windows to uh, Apple, you know, right, right around when I started doing uh, the WordPress stuff, uh, it um I, one of the things that always killed me was I, I hated Finder. It just just yeah, I hated it. Me too. And, yeah. And uh, what what Forklift is amazing, man. It's uh so you've got you've got you can do two windows side by side, um, and then you can also do multi, as many tabs as you want on each window, and you can literally have so you can literally it's like having two monitors, and so you could be scrolling through uh, one set of files on one side, and then one side on the other, and then you can shoot them back and forth and stuff like that, uh, and then it also has really intuitive FTP built in. Uh, so, uh, for example, instead of having FileZilla where you have to right-click the file and mm -hmm. say, download and edit and all that stuff, you just double-click it as if it's already on your computer and it just pops it open in your editor and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where as a developer especially, who's always flipping through folders and files on my Mac, uh, it's it's invaluable, man. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, let's jump into the lightning round and ask you a series of quick questions and you'll have a series of quick answers. All right. The one plugin you cannot live without besides your own. Oh, um, shoot, man. Um, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm supposed to have a, a fast answer, too. Uh, yeah, the one plugin that I can't live without, um, I, 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 I honestly don't have an answer because it de really depends on the website. They're, mm -hmm. yeah, um, a kismet, I guess, or I could, whatever that is, yep. uh, for, for uh, keeping the spam out. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, favorite WordPress or business book? Uh, I, I, I would maybe E-Myth Revisited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, a quote that you live or run your business by? Oh, uh, the 
what is it? Uh, um, you can either you know feed a feed a man a fish for a day or whatever. You can mm-hmm. teach him to fish. I can I suck with quotes, but, but you get it's, what I'm saying. It's yeah, the pressure but, of the lightning round. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I just with the community, we always we're always always all about teaching them to fish instead of just giving them fish. So yep. Uh, what's the best business or career advice you ever received? Oh, uh, uh, work work on your business, not in your business. Nice. What's the longest the client project has ever taken? Maybe three months. Oh, that's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Some folks are like five years. Oh, gosh. Uh, If you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Mm. Uh, I... Drupal. I don't know. I, 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 that's so, such a fake answer, though. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who should I interview next? Oh, um, who should you interview next? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, uh, Jason Hobbs. Uh, he's a guy who helps with a lot of the stuff with uh, on my team. Um, oh. He's got a lot of unique uh, business uh, experiences. So sweet. Uh, what's the one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Um, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's the lightning round, man. You just you, you, you killed me with the lightning round. Awesome. Uh, what's next uh, for the company? Um, the ne- uh, next thing is uh, I'm going to be working on a pro version of uh, Dynamic. So Awesome. Yep. Well, Eric, it's been a tremendous, tremendous interview. I really appreciate the time that you took. I know we're a little over schedule, but it's uh, been a great story, and I think people are going to take a lot uh, from this interview. Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, co- CobaltApps.com. Awesome. Eric, have a great day. Everyone on the interweb, go find him. Say thanks for doing this podcast. Uh, MattReport.com to get uh, subscribed to all the rest. Thanks, everybody. Hey everybody, that's another awesome Matt Report episode recorded. Uh, hope you found a lot of great information within that interview with Eric. Find me on mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Follow me on Twitter, at mattreport. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think of an all-audio version. This outro music is called Pain and Jeopardy by Just Plain Ant. See you next time.